What is up? Welcome back to Modern Day Marketer. I'm your host, Brett McGrath. It's Monday, and you know we're breaking down a new piece of content. This one is coming from Latney, the CMO at Sixth Sense. She's talking about community building, and she applies some rules to that piece of content. Really good. It's a topic that we're talking about at The Juice, and she's someone who's been there and done that. So bringing in some insight and sharing some thoughts from The Juice perspective. Of course, I'm bringing on Jonathan along for the ride. Hope you enjoy it. If you like what we're doing over here, hit the subscribe button. Tell a friend that you're enjoying Modern Day Marketer. Welcome to the week. Let's go. Let's get started. Let's kick it to the conversation. What is up? Welcome back to Modern Day Marketer. We are here with another content piece that we will be dissecting, breaking down, sharing some thoughts and opinions. And it's every week kind of go through this process. And I stumbled across one today that I think is relevant to what we've been talking about and working on at The Juice. And so we're going to talk about it. But before we do, Jonathan, it is March Madness is upon us. I know you're a big basketball fan. We've got all sorts of sports things happening around us. How are you feeling right now before uh, your squad, the Purdue Boilermakers, tip off? Oh, man, I'm feeling um, I love this time of year. Weather's warming up. Basketball starting, Masters right around the corner, real golf right around the corner. I love this time of year. I sometimes feel guilty that sports become such a large part of my brand, but here we are, marketing and sports, two of my favorite things. Um, Excited to use today's conversation as the outlet for marketing and the next couple of days of March Madness as the outlet for sports. I apologize in advance that you couldn't throw shade at the Indiana Hoosiers and Hoosier Nation as we record this after getting a win last night, but maybe on the other side of this, you can point and laugh. Hopefully next week. (laughs) <laughs> okay, so we had Allie Dyer Bloomell from Census on the podcast a couple weeks ago, and she is an expert on content and community building and does this professionally. So if you're interested in learning about the how behind community and content, definitely go back to that episode and learn from Allie. I took a ton of notes this one is coming to us from Sixth Sense. So shout out Latney, who is the CMO. I know she has a very strong personal brand. She has a book. I know that what she talks about aligns with what we talk about at The Juice in terms of like, let's move, remove the forums, let's kind of lower barriers, remove friction and just add value. So that's just kind of as I've consumed a bunch of her content, that's kind of the punchline of what I've gathered, which I, I appreciate because this is what I like to talk about. Before we dive into the piece, Jonathan, do you have anything just from like Latney, the CMO perspective, what you've observed? I know you kind of, I, I b- believe you are a former Sixth Sense customer. So just maybe talk a little bit about that. Yeah, that was my first major lesson from this piece of content. Uh, my first note that I scribbled down, so I'm, I'm happy you're leading right into it without us comparing notes. Latney's awesome. I'm a big Six Sense fan. Yes, all true. But I think the coolest part of this is Latney's writing content, right? Like the CMO is authoring content. And I think that is just cr- critical for any highly functioning content team or marketing team. I think it starts with the CEO who understands marketing, uh, but then having a CMO who is willing to get their hands dirty and write and contribute to content, uh, provide a different perspective. And in this case, a very personal perspective. I I just thought that was really cool. I, I, you know, I I saw when you sent the link 
you know, I saw her mentioned and I started reading it. And I was like, wait a second, did she really write this? And I was looking for the the byline essentially. And I, I scrolled back up and I was like, sure enough. Yeah, she did. And I just, I thought that was a cool um, lesson. And, and I think good encouragement for other leaders, managers, executives out there that content is really all hands on deck. Everyone plays a role in it. And uh, I think this is a good example of that being extremely beneficial. Totally agree. And we'll say, I've had a lot of nice interactions with people from Sixth Sense and the Sixth Sense brand. But after reading this piece, especially in the way she framed it up, I felt an even stronger connection. So let's get into the piece of content. The piece of content is called Want to Build a Successful B2B Community? Take a Soul Cycle class. So I love it when brands and creators compare something completely adjacent to anything that's happening in B2B marketing and try to draw parallels. And to me, like the visuals that Latney uh, touched on in her opening remarks regarding like her being such a fan of SoulCycle, she like admitted, like it's so overpriced. She talked about her, the expensive SoulCycle sweatshirt she was wearing, but she basically said like, it doesn't matter to me the cost of this because what it's doing for me along with the health benefits, but bringing me together with other like-minded people while we're going through this grind of going through this class and getting fired up in this dark room. Like to me, that makes me a brand advocate and that makes me a member of this community. And I not only want to like be a part of it, but I want to talk about it and I want to wear it on my sleeve. So. I think all in all of our personal lives, it might not be soul cycle, but there are those other things that we join and we talk about on Twitter and we buy the gear and we're, we feel a connection and a part of it. So I think Latney was just trying to make her experience relatable to say, hey, this is what's happening on the consumer side with me and my personal use case. And let me share this to talk about how we should be thinking about things from a B2B perspective. So like, those visuals, that connection she had with the brand, like what were what were you thinking as you kind of read that the her opening remarks? I had the same thoughts you did about comparing B2B to Soul Cycle. I think you do this a lot and you do it really well, where you you draw inspiration from music, sports, wrestling, hobby, collecting cards. And even earlier on in the juices life cycle, we we talked about B2B creators learning from Peloton instructors, you know, somewhat adjacent to Soul Cycle. So I, I think there's a incredible. Um, I, I think it takes some critical thinking to do that, and I think it's a, a good indicator when a a B two B leader can take lessons from B two C uh, and apply it to B two B. I think community building is probably no better example. Um, and in Latin litters this ebook or this this piece of content with examples of uh, comparing how. SoulCycle's community has led her to be a better customer of SoulCycle and how B2B brands can do the exact same thing. And uh, I I think it's more difficult in B2B just inherently, but uh, there are certainly some lessons you can learn to move in that direction. Okay. She has rules and we're going to walk through the rules. So rule number one, she has when recommending just the art of community building which is a lot of these are things that we're working on currently. So I'm going to talk a little bit about like what this means for us, but her rule number one is cast a smaller net. 
And the punchline of that is like, it's, it's way more valuable to have like five people who are really engaged, who are sharing their thoughts, who have something to say versus 10,000 people who are doing nothing for you. And I couldn't agree more. And this supports the idea of uh, quality over quantity, which is uh, a trend that I think I'm seeing more and more of in B2B, which I think allows B2B brands to serve a specific segment and grow stronger brands quicker. And we can talk a little bit about just us and our use case, but cast a smaller net. We've heard Jay Akunzo say like, protect your corner, be before that corner. What stood out to you on this one? Yeah, so I'll say that I, I think community, even what is a community in B2B is like, or in everything really is a little bit nebulous. Like, is it is it a truly defined community where you have to pay and participate or have a login? Or is it just like the audience that you build? Um, but I think, so, so all that to say, like, I know you and I are both in a lot of communities again whether they're they're clearly defined or more more nebulous but some of the clearly defined communities that I'm in and I even pay for and I know you and I are in some of the same communities even uh, I find that the broader they get the more noisy they get and the more that noise just becomes white noise right and then I also know some of the communities that uh, you are in and, and you participate in and really enjoy and we talk a lot about are very very specific to a single function in a single role. I won't name names, but I have a feeling you and I could both name kind of both of those community examples. But it goes back to one of my, uh, I, I think you you can't be everything to everybody, right? And uh, that that's not really community, but I think having that, that smaller, tighter knit group of people who are all very passionate about the same thing is what's most important. Yeah. And I think that we've tried to do that out of the gates with just the modern day marketer marketer positioning. And the name of this show is we want to speak directly to a type of marketing individual, someone who has graduated from the old way. And so we are very intentional with that. But I love the thoughts on uh, community building being nebulous and couldn't agree more. This one is cool. The, her rule number two is the audience is the content. I think day one for us at The Juice, it's been kind of our approach where it's our platform is inherently content from other people. So we want to highlight that. We also don't just talk between us like we're doing now. We bring in someone to share their thoughts and offer our platform. So to me, this was like a, I like her thoughts here. I think this is what we're doing. But thinking about the audience's content, how, how do you think about that? For a good community, I think not only is your audience your content, but they become your product development team, your product design team. There's so much rich, that content is so rich with ideas and recommendations and feedback that uh, there, there's so much value there that I think it goes even beyond content. And what that content is, is really valuable for your team. Number three, never go at it alone. I mean, I think this is important. For so long in my career, I used to just try to do it myself. And I've realized that kind of the the hidden hack is to build and develop relationships with people on the outside and have them support what you're doing. We just went through this with our launch of creator pages and having 20 plus people outside of us at The Juice help share and promote. How do, how do you think about this? This reminds me uh, a little bit of what we talked about with um, permissionless co-marketing. 
and how the idea of like the overlap you can find between different audiences, you know, communities kind of finding a, in a Venn diagram an overlap between an audience and an interest. And the more of those interests you can kind of bolt on to that picture, the, the larger the overlap, the, the better the community becomes. And I think uh, there's, there's a lot of flywheel effects then there, right, of, of plugging into each other's networks. But this, this reminded me um, a ton of what we've talked about and how we've built our brand is by doing it together with other brands. Giving people what they want is rule number four. I think this goes back to something you commented on earlier, how community is nebulous. And when people talk about community, people feel like, okay, well, I need to get this Slack group and then I need this newsletter and I need, and, and people see what other people are doing and just say, okay, well, I need to do these 10 things because community X is doing it. And I want to, I aspire to build something similar where I think Latney recommends just like fewer is probably better finding out what people actually want. And something she said was went near and dear to my heart, but she said like build a routine around whatever you can offer, which I think she's getting at like be consistent. And if you're consistent as a community organizer, people will want to come back, especially if you're providing value. Um, so I, I liked this one, give people what they want. Cause sometimes we just try to give people what we think that they want. What do you think about it? Some of the best communities I'm in are just email newsletters, right? Or just email kind of subscriptions. Also, some of the best are Slack uh, groups and, and vice versa, right? Some some communities I'm in that are, are not good email newsletters and are good uh, Slack conversations. So I think it's all about what you're trying to achieve with that community. Um, and I, I definitely agree with the feedback here that less is more in terms of communication and just things you're kind of throwing at your community. I'm going to let you attack this next one because it's, I think you might have some passion behind it, but it's curate the community. Don't control it. Yes. So my note next to this one was, this is the juice. We believe so much in curation. I think the challenge now for everyone is uh, finding what they're interested in. They know what they're interested in. They know what they want, but finding things is difficult. And across everything we do, the right thing is curated for us. So if you, if you're building a community, you need to curate uh, that community and uh, make sure that again it doesn't you don't roll into that white noise problem. And then I think this paired on with the next rule around uh, your community needs to own the brand. I think if you can curate the right community and they can feel ownership of that, that is what we're trying to build at the Juice. Is something that feels very curated, but then you can take control of. That's consumer expectations in the B two C space. That's what everyone expects. And I think it's important that we uh, start to make that easier and more attainable in the B2B space. So a question on uh, to you on rule number six with the juice. So we've got the juice, which is our company and our product. And we've got this show called Modern Day Marketer. And I would say the hero in the story that we're telling is the modern day marketer. In terms of community building at the juice, do you view the connection point with people wanting to be a part of the juice community, or do you think it's more people want to be part of the modern day marketing community, or is it a, a hybrid of both? I think people want to be a modern day marketer. And I think enough of those will build the community. As I was reading this, I, I kept going back to you and I have had a couple of conversations throughout the, the life cycle of us working together is like, should we more formally define like our community? And I think where we, you and I always land, which this article also talks about is like, 
it's hard. Uh, you can't like, you can't just, you can't half-ass a community. And the famous words of Ron Swanson, it's better to whole ass one thing than half-ass two things. Right. And I think we're, we're a part of some communities that are okay. And it's just like, there's not enough value there. Like to do community well, it has to be a part of culture, which Latin talks about. It's a part of uh, soul cycles culture here. Um, and so I, I don't think we're to that point yet, just from a, I don't think we could do community. Right. But I think we're building the brand and the messaging and the voice and the uh, point of view on the marketplace that is um, starting to build the momentum into a community of modern day marketers. That's a pretty, pretty damn good response, Jonathan. <laughs> I'm taking notes on this one. I know. It sounds like it. I like it. So the, rule number seven is something that, man, I don't know what it is. If it's the pandemic working from home or something, I've lost this. And it's never underestimate the power of surprise and delight. And I think that's important. Like, and we don't do enough regarding this. I received a handwritten note from a guest that was on the podcast not too long ago. And it came in the mail probably a week after we got done recording and just seeing like the handwritten note that just said like, thanks for having me on. It's been good building this connection. Like, like I'll never forget that. Like it, it uh, that it just was a, like, it meant a lot to me. And I just think of like Latin, suggests like, you know, sending coffee cups, this sort of thing, like back in our exact target days, like we, we'd like, wake up and go to work and probably send out a hundred of these per day on behalf of our sales team. So it's kind of, it used to be second nature and maybe not so much, so much anymore, but I think it's different and it can stand out a little bit in this digital age. I'm a huge fan of surprise and delight. Uh, I was going to also reference exact target. It was built into our culture there. Um, and I think the lesson there is that not, that doesn't just mean necessarily, I think you mentioned a note, mugs, t-shirts, swag. Like it doesn't just have to be buying things for people. I think that is really nice to do and and you can benefit from that. But like, how can you uh, surprise and delight with like technology or an experience? Um, I am, I, I just, I think part of the magic of surprise and delight is it's not something you can make too mechanic or operationalize too much. It, it truly needs to be surprising and delightful. And I, I think that's the best part. So don't go in the juice and search how to surprise and delight top five best and easiest ways because it's probably not there. (laughs) But do go check out the juice. We want you there. Uh, Number eight, the final rule of community building from Latney is near and dear to my heart. It's I say do the work. She said prepared to put in the work. It's the same thing, but this stuff's hard, man. Like I was just having a conversation yesterday with someone and they were asking me, what is the process we've gone through to build and develop brand at the juice? And I've thought, I thought about it and talked through what, what we've done and some of the steps we've taken. But the biggest part of it has been to me, I've said my role has been very, um, you know, I've been a relationship builder with, with the market and it's, you got to put in the work to build those relationships. And then once you have the relationship, it's you've got a bench of people that have recorded on a podcast, contributed on content, help us launch a product. The list goes on. You got to make sure that you're not forgetting about those people, but always going back and nurturing those relationships, asking how you can help. And this, it's taken me over a decade in marketing to figure this out. But if you put in the work, 
to not only build the relationships, but sustain those relationships, good shit ends up happening. It's just like you wake up one morning and someone published something on LinkedIn that promotes you or promotes the company. Someone says, hey, shout out uh, Yag, who just posted this morning, top five ABM conversation podcasts that he's had this last year or whatever. And we were number five. So like, I don't know, it's just building and nurturing those relationships is so valuable when when you're building community, but you got to put in the work to do so. You have to. And I think this is especially true for like Sixth Sense. Like we talk about, I, you know, certainly some people like their community is their product, but for, I think a lot of B2B companies, it's, it's, they want to layer that on top of what they're already doing, building and selling product and software. And then I think it's really hard work. Like you're kind of referencing about like honoring the community, but also like what's the benefit to the business. And I think that can get really difficult and really I'll be very, can cause friction at times. Um, and, and so it is, it's a lot of work, not even just like kind of the manual labor of managing a community, but I think nurturing that community, making sure it's valuable as well as like strategically thinking about the opportunity within that community. And this is why I'm glad we haven't tactically defined a community yet for the juice. I, I think there could be come a time when that makes a lot of sense for us, but uh, I think the organic way it's forming right now is really good because honestly, I don't think we have the bandwidth to put in the work uh, right now on this specific topic. So I, I was really glad Lightning kind of called this out. That, yeah, this is this is freaking hard. It is. I want to thank Latney Sixth Sense team for this awesome piece of content that we got to spend a little bit of time talking about. We will put the link in the show notes and there will be more content breakdowns to come. Thanks, Jonathan. Thank you, Brett. Make sure you check out that piece of content. It is in our show notes. I learned a ton and it gave us something to talk about on the podcast. And we were having a chat after we hit record just about the article and what it meant to us. Thank you, Latney. Thank you, Sixth Sense team. Have a great week and we'll be back on Friday with another one.